You're listening to The Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Bible 2020 with Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson and Neil Glover. Hello and welcome to The Outspoken Bible. I'm Fiona Stewart and today I'm joined not with Neil and Jen, but only Jen Robertson. Not only Jen Robertson, I'm joined by Jen Robertson. (laughs) We just don't have Neil with us this time. Uh, This week we're doing something slightly different. We're looking at the books of 2nd John and 3rd John. Yesterday I talked to Neil about 2nd John and today Jen and I are going to have a chat about 3rd John. Mm. So welcome Jen. Hi Fiona. It's strange just to be you and me. Isn't it? We were just yeah. coming to that off here that uh, we're we're gonna we're hoping we're not gonna get our Greek pronunciation wrong or anything when we've no. not got Neil with us. Well maybe maybe just skip those bits. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, we, this is a slightly shorter format than, than usual. We're we're just gonna chat a bit about this letter that appears uh, towards the end of the New Testament. I was reading this morning that you could fit the whole of Third John onto one piece of papyrus. And incidentally, this is slightly apropos of nothing, but I was watching a documentary <laughs> about the making of papyrus the other day and papyrus was apparently a very smooth surface to write on so you oh, could nice. write very quickly. Mm. So it uh, was hugely significant technologically. There we go. It and it is cool. nice to write on smooth paper. It's a good thing. It's a very nice experience. Your, your thoughts flow very easily. <laughs> so how did you get on when you were reading when you were reading through this letter? But it is a, it's a strange little book and um, it is little. So you feel that you've just started to get into it and then you're you're finished and it's probably quite important to try and get some context I felt that I didn't really know who John was or who he was writing to um so I I watched the bible project video about first Mm -hmm. second and third John which was really helpful I'd recommend that if people want to get a wee bit of a feel before they read it but also just just reading it as it is there's some lovely wee moments in it yeah Um, and rather than maybe just reading the bible 2020 verses this is an easy a book to read the whole book yes. you know if, if we've, we've read bits and pieces from all over the bible through the year but this is a particular one it'd be really worthwhile just to to read it because as you say it just takes i don't know five minutes to read not yeah. very long at all if it felt to me like a, a bit of a, a mystery you know i mean they often say that don't they? Yeah. When, you're, when you're reading a new testament epistle often you have to think well this is written in response to a particular situation or a particular uh, letter on the other side, I suppose, and we yeah. don't have that half of the correspondence. I, I felt this very particularly yeah. with with this book. I was like, "Who are these people? Who are, who right. are these three people who are mentioned, and, and what was their situation?" Um, yeah. Did did the Bible Project stuff help you with that much? Um, I I think that's really important. What you've said that we've only got one half of what's being said. I think that that's true for all the letters. That we can read it as if as if this is somebody um, just being very directive and sort of didactic when really it is a conversation it's in a relationship um maybe maybe before we come to what the bible project said i think for me the first few words you you feel that this is a really close Mm. friendship that um whoever john might be uh, with gaius you know he he loves him and he he says i hope you enjoy i pray you enjoy good health I thought it was so relevant for 2020, you know, like, yes. I mean, I've always said to people, I hope you're well, you know, when I send an email or something or a text, but uh, that's become very, really pertinent, hasn't it? And maybe yeah. it's, I suppose, in, when John was writing this, it was very pertinent as well. You know, there was no healthcare, there was no med, very little medicine. So to wish, hope somebody was physically well was a very important yes. thing. And we've maybe had a very small taste of that. So the letter kicks off in a real friendship that's that's what I felt he was writing uh-huh. somebody really knew and cared for 
So there's a couple of things already that you said that I want to ask you about. So, so or one is a comment which is about that health thing. So again, in the commentary I was reading, um, it was talking about how that it it reminds us that to to pray for someone's physical health and to mm. expect God to work in those situations is 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 a good thing and a, a biblically ordained mm. thing. So the kind of shalom piece of, yeah. of wishing people well mm-hmm. in their full wellness. Yes. Um, I, I was curious about what you said about, you know, whoever John was, because <laughs> because I always make the assumption that these letters are written by John the the apostle, the disciple. Well that is probably something I picked up from the Bible project that mm-hmm. it, it probably was John who who Jesus loved as he's referred to as the disciple who Jesus loved. Not that he didn't love the rest of them, but there was a particular relationship with Jesus for that John, but it it could have been another John. I, they weren't very clear on who that John was, but there is. I think in First John, it it kind of reflects the Gospel of John. So there is a yeah. a thinking that it's it's they are linked, but um, it's from the elder. I think they talked a bit about that. That you know, who does that mean? It, it isn't the John that we assume it to be. That it is another mm-hmm. church leader, but it's someone who's got responsibility for these churches, these house churches yeah. that are meeting and. And a deep care, and that—that's the important thing, rather than who it is. I think my assumption about it is—is is also about the choice of language, though, isn't it? Because mm. once again, there's a lot of talk about love, yeah, and, th- and that's the distinctive of John, yeah. isn't it? That mm-hmm. that he he will often talk in terms of love, and it it can feel actually. I, I think he can feel like a very emotional, particularly in the older as he gets older and he writes yes. his letters. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like a, an older, wiser, yeah, you know, loving figure, spiritual authority figure. Um, yeah, and that, yeah, that's important for who this person is because he he does have experience and knowledge, and he's using that. And maybe, I mean, we, you and I wouldn't want to think of ourselves as older people, Fiona, but really we are. <laughs> Listen, Jen, I've just I've just recorded something from the Baptist Union Assembly Youth Assembly, which is all w- wise words from an old person or something. <laughs> I'm just thinking, do you know what? I'll just take it. <laughs> We know the wisdom comes with age, you know, and it's yeah. not because, you know, we, we both of us have probably done a lot of studying and reading, but it's not that actually. It's because no. we've messed up, we've had to sort it out, things have yeah. happened in our lives, and you're like, oh my goodness, well I wouldn't do that again. Yeah. And it's all the years, and and you can't give that to someone as a gift. You can't wrap up years and years of experience and say, no, here you go, um, you'll be okay because you you've got all my wisdom, but we. We can use our wisdom, and I, I, we shouldn't be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just something that is there. Although we mm-hmm. look around, I'm sure at our peers, and you think, "What happened to you? Why have you not got any wisdom?" But um, <laughs> I, th- I think this letter is an encouragement to those of us who are older to use to use the age we're at to help yeah. and support and love and care, um, and also to step back and yes. maybe let the young that the younger person do the job. Well, we take on a different role of supporting and encouraging. I'm, I don't think my generation is very good at that, particularly within church. The Elder. To my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you just as you are progressing spiritually. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love 
please send them on their way in a manner that honours God. I think there's also, isn't it? There's the contrast in 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 the older generation. So so obviously John, who's writing the letter, but Diotrephes, hmm. I'm saying that right, Diotrephes. Yeah. I mean, there's a salutary warning as well for somebody who is not using their wisdom. Well, yeah. there's, there, there seems to be a power dynamic at work here. There's somebody who's who's got his own agenda yeah. and is causing trouble. And I, I think that there's a challenge there, actually, because mm-hmm. as an older person who's been around a while, sometimes you know, you know we need to make sure we're, we're we're staying in line with the truth and we yeah. we're we're really our own relationship with with God is is live and active, so that we don't fall into that power dynamic trap of of trying to manipulate. And I think that's a lovely own. thing about these letters that there seems to be a real focus on life, love, and truth. Mm-hmm. And and you can't just take one of them out. It, it has to be all of them. And so John has a concern um, for every aspect of the church life that they, they are getting it right. And it feels like when he talks about truth, he's talking about a person. So I found it quite helpful to think he was actually talking about Jesus when he mm-hmm. talked about truth. Uh, not some kind of moral code, but mm-hmm. actually the person of Jesus, which maybe fits because I, I think the problem in the churches he was writing to was that people had, had walked away from Jesus being God's son. They had another another theology and they said that, uh, that Jesus isn't God. And John is totally saying uh, this this is uh, who God is. Mm-hmm. Jesus Jesus is, is it. And that's the truth we've got to stick with. Which fits with 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 the Gospel of John, doesn't it? Because yeah, totally. in the Gospel of John, you find you find the, that statement from Jesus: "I am I'm the way, the truth, and the life." Yeah, and also the, he starts off with the Word was with God, and the Word was yeah. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So, so truth having person having personhood yeah. in in Christ, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, coming back to the, the present contemporary situation, I, I think I am increasingly aware as as truth is dis- is. Um, uh, not destroyed. What's the word I'm looking for? It's being eaten away at, isn't mm-hmm. it? We ha- I'm hearing a lot of conversation about the, the role of truth, the role of truth within journalism, within our mm-hmm. political situation, and so on. I, actually, I, I keep coming back to the personhood of Jesus. Christ. Yeah, he says, "I am the truth." So it's it's not a set of propositions, but mm. it's it's a living relationship, which, which um, we talked about in one of our previous podcasts. One I of the things that re- no, really struck me that that it's not. Clambering, it's clambering, not like word. Clambering to try and get it right, but to be so close to Jesus that our thinking, our action, our words come from Him, and, and that'll involve struggle. It's not easy. We'll have to struggle to work out what it is that Jesus wants us to do and what how Jesus wants us to lead and love. But um, I think that makes a huge difference to our perception of truth. Because I think you could read the books of these three letters of John and feel like what are you putting on about this truth you know holding it up as some kind of high achievement when it's actually if he's talking about jesus that it changes everything we were talking before we started about the 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 word koinonia 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 again this is this is where we need (laughs) koinonia this is where we need neil to help us pronounce it which is which is a kind of common thread really throughout these letters It, Mm -hmm. it, it it really comes up primarily in first john yeah um, but but I think it, it, it's helpful to think about it in in the context of this letter as well. So do you want to tell us a little bit about about that? Well, koinonia is is fellowship, and the first letter of John starts off talking about what we have seen and heard. The people who who know Jesus sharing that with others, and then those others, as they come to know Jesus, become, become it becomes us that that community of believers. So the, these people who didn't know Jesus now have a relationship with Jesus, and they also have a relationship with that community of believers, the koinonia, which is a 
maybe a much better word than fellowship, which just reminds us of biscuits and yeah, tea. Tea that's, tea that's far too strong. Yeah, it's a it's a real deepness, and I I wonder if to for me third John seems to be a kind of outworking of that koinonia, okay. that fellowship. You know that we have known this truth. You've be, you've become part of the truth. The truth being Jesus, yeah. um, and now here's some there's some situations going on that we need to sort out. And and yes. it's that lovely wee phrase about. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So, so that yeah. people that he's met and got to know, they've got to know Jesus as well. And now they are part of this koinonia. And he he's writing to them with this love of I want you I want you to be full of Jesus and to mm-hmm. and there's people who haven't got it right and they're messing things up and they're not doing what Jesus wants. And I'm here to help you in that situation. And I suppose in in the original context, you, you have this idea, don't you? The vine is a, is a really strong image through Old and mm. New Testament of of the the ingrafting into the vine of yeah. the of the non Hebrew. Um, but I guess also by by this point, because this is written later, you've you've got this issue of those who, if this is written by John the disciple, those yeah. who physically were present with yeah, Jesus right. and saw with their own eyes and heard with mm. their own ears being grafted or, or the others being grafted into yes. that who are, who are yes. new converts. So you, you've kind of got the Jew and Gentile thing and mm. then you've got the new converts and the, and the sort of old guard. Um, how, how does it apply, do you think, into into our situation? Mm. Do you think it's relevant to? Yeah, I think. I asked the question because I think it probably is. I think it's <laughs> very relevant and I think it's a very important balance to get right. It reminded me of when I led Scripture Union holidays, and there was one holiday I led for eleven years. So in that context, just yeah. for clarification, it wasn't a, an eleven-year-long holiday. No, no, it was one. Just did it in ele- every eleven. I, there was some days, Fiona, that felt like eleven years. <laughs> but no, it was one week every summer. And what works really well for these holidays is building up a team of people who you know. And who you can support and encourage. So they, they. My job as a team leader was to lead them, so they could then lead the young people and love the young yeah. people. I, I couldn't have the individual relationship with all the young people, but they could. And so the team becomes a community in itself, and people mm-hmm. want to come back, and they know each other really well, and they have lots of in jokes, and um, they just love being together as well as yeah. running the holiday. But every year there would be new people who came onto that team, and I always yeah. felt one of my most important tasks was to make those new people know that they were part of us. It wasn't we and them, but we were us. But for the team, obviously they were going to have conversations and have the jokes and have the memories shared. And part of my job was very practically often to say, oh, well, let's tell that story so that everybody knows it or to make sure that person who was new to the team was brought in. I'm not sure if that's exactly what... <laughs> John who's writing this letter is trying to do or the elder but there's a sense of how do we build that community well that that maintains the us but brings the new person into that us I think that's an ongoing challenge for the church because yeah I mean even even you and I should I know we've, we've known each other for a very very long time and so there is a depth of friendship there but if we had another person who came into this conversation mm-hmm. you'd want them to feel as much they belong as much as you or I do and yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought much about that until we started chatting, really. But the sense of what this elder is doing is is doing that—that that very practical encouragement to make sure the koinonia is is us, uh, yes. not not us and you. 
Yeah. Which which is, I suppose, what the gospel does, isn't it? Yeah. Like the gospel is all about those who are them mm. becoming us with with God because yeah. of His reconciling work, but but also becoming us as as church, which is really interesting. I yeah, it's just as you've been speaking, I've been thinking about <laughs> it that, 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 that actually I think we need that more than ever. Yeah, because we're living in a very them and us. Mm-hmm situation at the moment um where it's very easy i think to 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 make the other the other mm-hmm. but actually what the what the the church uh is as an example and a, a, as something that that sits in contrast mm-hmm. to culture is a place where where those who were them mm-hmm. become us um, yeah and one of the but it requires in, leadership doesn't it yeah and one of the happen. real requires- challenges that um the writer says about diotrophies is that he is not um he's refusing to welcome other believers and he's pushing people out um he puts them out of the church he's he's stopping people and i think that must be an ongoing thing for the church because it's easy obviously to always think oh we've got it now this is our community oh, we really love each other it's great and community is really held up now in in yeah. secular culture as well you know these are my people these are my, my, my the team that i'm in and mm-hmm. But for Christian community, it's going to be constantly, um, are the doors open? Are my eyes open to the needs of people who don't feel that they belong here? What what am I doing? That's a huge challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I think probably a, a helpful place to to stop that the conversation because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Jen, but I feel like I need to go away and, and <laughs> think about that and pray about that and repent about some of my attitudes. <laughs> and just um, just the way that we talked about how it begins, you know, this concern for um, to for Gaius for his health and his spiritual health and his physical health, but then at the end, you know, he says, um, "I've lots of things to say, but I don't want to write them down. I want to see you face to face." And that just seems so pertinent. It could be. I've, I've lots of things I could say to you in Zoom, but uh, I really need to see you face to face. And I think the challenge for us when we can't go into each other's homes and we can't meet as churches uh, have always met, uh, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that face to face? Asking someone to go for a walk, or which is probably better now than it was in the summer, because if you go and sit in somebody's garden, you might get hypothermia, really. So finding yes. ways to see each other face to face, there seems to be a, a real significance in that. Uh, yeah, and a, a longing for it. Yeah. Um, my friend Ruth Walker is, has, is using the phrase "curing out." Curing out. So well, in like Scotland, that. we talk about curing in. What yeah. does it look like to curry out for mm. other people? Uh, it's really stuck with me, actually. I think um, it might involve a flask of tea and a bit of cake on yeah, a on a walk. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you are going to sit in a garden, then you know, I don't know, a brazier. <laughs> Smoke <laughs> some candles. Well, we've been doing you know, the, yeah. We've been doing outdoor youth ministry at my home church and we've we've had a fire pit. Um, I hope the neighbours are okay with it. I'm almost a bit concerned about the the over the huge amount of smoke we create. But it's been beautiful to sit together and round a fire and toast some marshmallows and yeah. chat. That's a good thing. Curing out. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Coino- what's it called? Cononia. Cononia. <laughs> Just sounds a bit gunino, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> no <Orinoco>. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, right. On that note, Jen, uh, I'm very thankful for your friendship. Thank you. (laughs) It's good to have had fellowship with you. And uh, next time, I actually can't remember what we're talking about next time. That's a mystery. Oh, no. Well, no, we're getting into Christmas, aren't we? Already? No. There must be something. I've not done my research. There must be something in between. Yes, there must be something in between. Because Advent doesn't start to the 5th of December. In yes. Bible 2020. In Bible 2020 terms, that's true. So so we've got one more, I think one more long read 
um, one more long section and then we're into Advent and then the final week of but the year. It's lovely to listen to what Neil says without having been part of it. Well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and by the wonders of technology, although his will go out, first of all, I've actually not recorded it yet. So we might see something completely contrasting. <laughs> somehow we'll have to make it work. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much. And uh, look chat. forward to being back, the three of us, next time uh, yeah. when we will be speaking about something. <laughs>